0: Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our text for our meditation here this morning is recorded in the 12th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, beginning with the 29th verse. When the Lord your God cuts off before you the nations whom you go in to dispossess, and you dispossess them and dwell in their land, take care that you are not ensnared to follow them, after they had been destroyed before you, and that you do not inquire about their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods, that I may also do the same? You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way, for every abominable thing that the Lord hates they have done for their gods." For they even burn their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. Everything that I commanded you, you shall be careful to do. You shall not add to it or take away from it. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us through your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. may be seated. Ever since the fall, human beings have been concocting ways to earn the favor of their gods. In India, men pierce their skin with hooks and are suspended like eagles to honor the god Vishnu. The Shaolin monks of China attempt superhuman feats of Kung Fu, all in an attempt to achieve Zen in the South Pacific island of Vanuatu, natives jump or leap off of tall towers to the ground, with nothing but vines attached to their feet, in order to celebrate the harvest and the becoming of a man. In our text for today, the one true God rejects all man-made attempts in order to earn his grace and his favor. For man-made religious practices aren't only a work-righteous insult to God; they often endanger the very lives of their adherents. Let us then reflect then on this theme: Do not add or subtract from God's word. Our text picks up as the our text picks up with Moses' final sermons to the Israelites. After the Lord had brought them up out of Israelite slavery, they had wandered the desert for 40 years because of their continued unfaithfulness. Now that a new generation had arisen, Moses was setting out to prepare them to finally take the promised land. But he was particularly worried that they would embrace the Canaanite religion, particularly child sacrifice, which, sad to say, unfortunately, in Israel's history at times, they seem to have done. For it was common in that day to think that you could not inhabit a land without honoring, worshiping, and paying homage to the gods of that land. But before we dismiss idolatry as modern as something just simply silly, we need to recognize that the pagan gods were often personifications of human wants and desires. For example, there were gods of food and shelter. There were also gods associated with pleasure, power, and fame. Now, we may have stopped worshiping the party god known as Dionysus to the Greeks or Bacchus to the Romans. But very few college students fail to pay homage to the party scene that he personified in order to dull the drudgery of another academic year. You see, whatever we fear, love, and trust above all things, that is really our God. In actuality, the ancients were at least honest enough to call their wants and desires God's. We moderns, conversely, think that we break the first commandment the least. All the time, we are absolutely laser-focused on achieving our wants and desires. However, our text is chiefly concerned about Israelites worshiping the one true God with the horrifying religious practices of the Canaanites. But notice that God doesn't demand blind allegiance. Here and elsewhere in Deuteronomy, Moses explains just why man-made religious practices are so dangerous. First of all, grace is a divine gift, for man lacks anything to give back to God that God hasn't given to him in the first place. Second of all, man-made religious practices always end up fostering work-righteous theatrics. Case in point, Moses states, They even burned their sons and their daughters in the fire to their gods. In other words, work righteousness eventually drove the Canaanites to think, if only I offer up the thing most precious to me, my own dear child, as a burnt offering, then surely the gods would have to honor my request. As we are about to celebrate the annual celebration of the Lutheran Reformation, it's easy to see why the Reformers frequently lef- reference this section, Deuteronomy. For medieval Christians were beginning to add to Scripture by demanding that man-made religious practices were necessary for salvation. To show you just how far their work righteous theatrics could go some monks in order to earn god's favor actually had themselves walled up into the walls of the church with nothing but a hole to receive sustenance for the remainder of their days now we may not make such morbid additions to god's word but we do the very same whenever we make our own political ideologies necessary for salvation for how many of us particularly the coming thanksgiving haven't shunned a family member or a friend simply because they disagree with us on issues of economics, immigration, foreign policy. Nothing nothing particularly spelled out in God's word. You can't change the hearts and minds with the crushing power of the law. Only the life-giving gospel proclaimed by the church can bring true peace on earth, goodwill to men. Sad to say, if we continually try, try to justify ourselves with the law or man-made religious practices, then, as St. Paul warns, you are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. Now, to be sure, no mere human sacrifice could ever bring about a reconciliation with God between God and man. For this very reason, God demanded that the Israelites perform animal sacrifices. For he wanted to drive into their minds the idea that it would take something far greater than a mere human sacrifice in order to reconcile God and man. That's exactly what the God-man, Christ Jesus, accomplished in our behalf. Throughout his life, he brought people of different religious and political parties to repentance and faith in himself. Pharisees and Sadducees, zealots and tax collectors, even the oppressive Romans and the oppressed Samaritans, amended their lives and found new meaning as Christians. Then, upon the high altar of the Holy Cross, Christ offered the one all availing sacrifice for human sin. Nothing less could bring about a reconciliation between God and man, for only the sacrifice of the God-man could ultimately free us from a divine burden that no mere human being could ever afford. But lest we have any doubts that we are justified by faith alone, our Lord Jesus Christ bestows upon his church the totality of God's word, to be sure, there will be false shepherds who will, continue, who will continue to arise in his church. They will subtract from Christ's teachings, and they will add conditions to salvation by faith alone. But Christ has made God's word so available to us so that every believer can confidently say with St. Paul in Galatians 1.8, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Armed then with the double-edged sword of God's word, we are more than conquerors, as St. Paul says, through him who loved us. If that were not enough, Christ gives us Christian freedom in all matters that do not contradict God's will for us or neglect the needs of our neighbors. No other religion can make such a boast. All other religions are ultimately religions of works. Only Christianity is a religion of grace. To be sure, Lady Liberty promises freedom, but only Christ has guaranteed it. We have no doubt been blessed to live in this country as Americans, but we are infinitely more blessed to be declared Christians in Christ. For the righteous shall live by faith, Amen. Congregation may rise. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. And let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we most heartily thank you that by your word you have brought us up out of the darkness of error into the light of your grace. We beseech you, Mercifully help us to walk in the light. Guard us from all error and false doctrine. Grant that we may not become ungrateful and despise and persecute your word, but receive it with all our hearts. Govern our lives according to it, and put all our trust in your grace through the merits of your dear Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen continue with the hymn.